0: Welcome to Love and Loss, a podcast where we talk about the difficulties surrounding pregnancy and infant loss. It's important to know that although we may sometimes host psychologists and other mental health professionals, the show is not a substitute for therapy and or psychological treatment. We encourage all individuals and families experiencing loss to only listen as you are able. The content of the show can occasionally become triggering to those who have lost a child during pregnancy or infancy. If the substance becomes too difficult, we encourage you to turn it off. Floating Underwater was inspired by Tracy's own personal history, past work experience, and sheer imagination. Having suffered through two miscarriages herself, Tracy wanted to write about a character that deals with a particular loss. Motivated from her past work as an intern at a psychiatric center... She also wanted to explore what it's like for a daughter when her beloved mother has severe schizophrenia. She added in the narrative element of a magical realism and other worldly events because she believes loss and grief can make our day to day too difficult to bear without the hope that something magical is just beyond this realm. She created these extraordinary differences for her protagonist, readers, and for herself to help us all feel as if everything in this crazy upside down world and beyond will somehow, someday be okay. Welcome back to the Love and Loss podcast. Today we have joining us Tracy Sean. Welcome, Tracy. Oh, thank you for having me on, Joy. And Tracy, where are you joining us from? From California. Ooh. I, I mean, I know that California has seasons as well, but in my head, it's always sunny. <laughs> That's true for the most part, actually. Okay.
1: <laughs> we get very little rain, but we get a lot of fog too, because I'm on the coast of California.
0: Okay. Very nice. Very nice. I already told Tracy, um, I went on my honeymoon to San Francisco, which I now believe is the best city in the country. <laughs> I mean, might've been the romance. I don't know, but. Uh, maybe so. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, well, anyways, we're so excited to have Tracy. Um, she is a very serious author. And so it's going to be really exciting to hear her story and um, how it led her career. So, uh, but first, we have to begin with Tracy. Who is your mom's inspiration? I thought long and hard about
1: that. And I would say my mom's inspiration, mom's, mom's inspiration. It's a mouthful. Is- It is a mouthful. Thank you. It it comes from really, for me, in a really poignant way, from the natural world and how animals, particularly mammals, they just have innately such a strong maternal bond with their babies and they will defend them to the death. And so to me, that's, that's my
0: momspiration is, is nature. That is brilliant. Do you know, I've never had anyone say something like that. And, um, it seems, it seems so obvious, but like, I needed you to say it. <laughs> you know how that is? I mean, we think about
1: humans and, <laughs> yeah. you know, and, and I have a lot of in- inspiration from, my mom from my aunties uh but really like from ever since I've been a kid watching animals really just they're I love how they are with their babies
0: Mm. yeah just the like innate natural like guttural yeah yes that is such a good one you really did think long and hard didn't you (laughs) I did I did (laughs) Oh my god, I love that. See, now I'm going to be thinking on this for a long time. Like about okay. like I'm going to be comparing myself as a mom to like my dog. Like is she a better? <laughs> is my dog a better mom than me? I don't even know if she had kids or puppies, but she might be.
1: <laughs> well, I uh, definitely for my dog, I'll tell you
0: that much. <laughs> All right, Tracy. Well, that was a good one. Um, but I want to hear your story. So, why don't you jump right in? Uh, where did your story begin? My story of my life, or my book—I'm not quite
1: sure what you're asking.
0: Ooh, let's start with your life story. My, my whoa. Well, <laughs> no. okay. Well, I won't start from the beginning. No,
1: but as far as you know, with the theme of your show of miscarriages Uh, i've had two miscarriages and one before my first child and one between children and at the times i felt pretty alone with Mm. them and i you know i was told oh it's natural this happens and um besides my husband, it didn't, I did not really feel like I got the support that I should have, that I needed. And so I know that there, I know now that there are many, many, many women who have gone through miscarriages or going through miscarriages, will go through miscarriages. And I just, I feel that whatever whatever time the miscarriage happens wherever the circumstance that a woman is in that she has every right to grieve yeah to grieve hard yeah she needs to
0: and it might help the listeners um how long ago did you experience your losses this was a long time ago
1: my eldest is Almost 30. So this was over 30 years ago.
0: Yeah. So I really wanted the listeners to hear that. Um, It's somewhat like helpful and it it makes us feel more justified in our grief to know that, like, even this far out, you're 30 years past your first loss and it still hurts, right? Like, it's still Um, a loss.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's still a loss. And it's also, it's a very personal loss yeah. somehow where you just kind of, there's this little part in you that
0: it's, it's, you kind of want to protect if that makes mm. sense. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it yeah. is so personal. You're right. And no one can understand it but you and your partner, um, but you're the only one who got to carry that child, got to hold exactly. that child. So it's very intimate. It's very intimate. And I
1: think that um, now I never got to hold that child. I mean, you, you mean hold in the body. Yeah. yeah, Yeah. I think, yes, it's very true. That Mm -hmm. is very true. It's just a fact of nature.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, of course, now you've got me thinking like what are animals thinking if this happens to them? Like, how are they experiencing? It? How are they grieving? And, um, we, this is a little bit off subject, but we read about the, the whale. Did you hear about the whale whose baby died and she carried it around? Yes, I have. Yeah. She carried yes. her around because she's a mother, right? Like, and that's kind right. of how we do, whether we carry our babies literally or figuratively, we carry them with us. Right. Um, um, Okay, so will you maybe fast forward and talk to us about how this book kind of got started?
1: This is my second novel. It's called Floating Underwater. And what I did with that is that I imagined a world where a woman keeps having miscarriages. She's had her third miscarriage, and she is at odds with her husband because she, she's very intuitive. And she actually has had a premonition about this last miscarriage and is devastated when that premonition comes true. Um, And uh, the other layer of the story is that she's fearful that her premonitions not only can predict the future, but could maybe even sway the Mm. future. Feeling a huge sense of, almost I want to say guilt and and unwarranted, of course, unwarranted. But the other layer to that is that she and her husband, she's decided let's 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 go down the adoption road. And her husband is adamant that he wants to try again and so is her mother-in-law. And I got that I have a very close friend who's a licensed therapist and um I checked in with her and she said that she has worked with couples where that is, and sometimes that's never resolved. So I thought that was an interesting thing to think about for couples because I understand both the husband and wife have their
0: feelings about it. Definitely. Yeah. 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 Hmm. Because we have different ways that we want to become parents. Right. Mm -hmm. Right or not become parents, exactly right. Yeah.
1: And, and people sometimes choose not to have their own children and, and put their energies out in the world or put their energies out to helping and being parents, you know, to other people's kids. And so, yeah, I think that, and I believe with everything going on in the world, I, I'm seeing more and more young people saying that they're going to choose not to have kids. Yeah. And so I, I think that um, there's not so much pressure
0: mm. on
1: couples now, depending yeah. on like, where they live and their culture too, I guess.
0: Well, that's true. I mean, I guess if we're talking to maybe um, American or European influences, there's less pressure. But I can't speak for a lot of the rest of the world, so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Or even with,
1: yeah, family systems can be.
0: (laughs) That is so true, and I think all of us who have experienced loss maybe can understand that part of your book, right? Where you know your partner might feel differently or the same. You don't know, but but the way the family responds to your loss can be very nuanced. Mm -hmm. And so I right. think that's an important part of your book that you bring up. Like your family wants you to have another baby or get pregnant again.
1: Yeah. And kind of just move forward now. Right. Think about the future. Let's, you know, and, and there's not a lot of support there to right. let that grieve.
0: Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, I, I uh, spoke with a very good friend of mine when I experienced my loss, of course I am like, seven days post loss. I mean, it is very fresh. And I said, I had no idea it was this catastrophic. Like, I mean, I, I, I've done all my, you know, crying and I continued to cry, but in that moment, I was very like, matter of fact, like, I just had no idea it was this catastrophic. And my friend said, you know, I didn't either until I saw the way it's impacted you. He almost saw it like put on a shelf as like a half loss. Like, it's not a, it's not a full death. It's like a half death, but then you experience it and you're like, oh no, this is bad. Like, this is really, really bad. And so maybe our family members who don't really understand it are like, okay, yeah, get pregnant again. It's not that bad. It's just like, you know, get through it because if you haven't experienced it, then they don't know just how devastating it is.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So I don't want to, you know, give away too much of your book. Um, <laughs> um, but we can talk to the family systems. We can talk to okay. the couple. Um, so we're, uh, let's talk about how you got to writing the book. So this is your second novel. And right. I'm, I'm assuming it was inspired by your personal experience. Is that true? It, yes, yes, it is. And so the miscarriage part was, of course,
1: uh, <laughs> I didn't have that particular argument with my husband, but yes, we have, you know, <laughs> there's elements of my husband in her husband. He's a good guy, but there are <laughs> <laughs> just saying. And then the other part was, um, I, I'm not a licensed therapist. I, I have, I'm too, I, but I did get my life, not my license, I'm back up there. I got my degree, my master's in clinical psychology, and I worked two years as an intern um, at a psychiatric, not facility, but it was like a, 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 not a clinic, a home where people lived. And so I worked with people who are dealing with schizophrenia. And that was the other part to the book, because I thought, well, what is it like for a child whose beloved mom or dad, but in this story, it's the mom, has severe schizophrenia? Mm. What would that be like? So I explored that in the book, and and I just thought that, you know, because that's, it's just like anything that's going on in the family if someone is ill they have cancer they're dealing with mental health issue
0: um, it affects everyone yeah yeah it does it does and it and it it's also generational right I think you know future generations I look at my generation and I'm like oh we're doing a little bit better and then I look at um, I'm a youth minister and I look at the students that I'm I'm in ministry with. And I'm like, you guys are like with it. You guys are like much better than me (laughs) as far as like mental health and awareness
1: and advocacy.
0: Um, And yet, and yet when it's in your own family, it's harder, right? Yes. And I,
1: and I agree with you. I'm, I'm so happy. I think that younger people are definitely more aware and you know, as much as social media can be really stressful for people, I think there's the upside and the positive side of people talking about their own journeys with mental health, with, with everything going on. for this. So people get to hear more, see more what's going on for other people. And I think that's great. And yes, but it's still just like miscarriage. It's still devastating for the person who is dealing with it. or is dealing with someone who's going through something big.
0: And there can be a definite link. The listeners know that I experienced, um, pretty significant postpartum depression following my, uh, miscarriage. Um, and I, I didn't know that was even a thing. Like I, how can you have postpartum depression when you haven't delivered a, a child, right? How can that happen? Um, and it can, (laughs) and it's terrible. And, uh, yeah, so there's also a podcast if you guys are um I'm just going to plug another podcast I really like yeah. called Mom and Mind and they kind of explore the mental um gymnastics we go through as mothers and you know even within loss um the the mental health component that can be so just another layer of trauma. Um what's interesting is Tracy, I'm just so glad we're talking. Cause this is another thing that I don't think I've shared with listeners is I was so devastated and just so sick with depression, following my loss, depression and grief. It was, it was both. Um, and a good friend of mine, um, actually ended up doing a stay in a mental health, um, uh, hospital mm-hmm. uh, around that time. And then she went to a day program and I said, tell me about your day program. Cause I might even need that. Like I was that sick to where I thought, Oh my gosh, like I might need this next level of care. Maybe therapy twice a week isn't enough for me. I just don't think it's something that we talk about enough. I think that's really
1: true. And I think that also, I mean, we have to look at all the things that are going on in our body and um, whether you've delivered a baby or you've had a miscarriage, all the hormones, like they, they really do affect people and they affect people differently. So, you know, I, I again, too, I'm glad there's more awareness around that. But I, I think that women really can suffer a lot and, and try to, you know, suck it all in, trying to stay strong. And that's not always... The
0: best, <laughs> the best. <No>. <laughs> yeah. In my experience, it's not been the best ever for me <laughs> yeah. to suck it in. I, you got to get that out. <laughs> yeah, you do. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, you definitely do. So uh, I want to um, talk more about um, how you kind of channeled your grief following your loss and then that leading to the book. So, w- what was your grief process like? I felt a
1: pretty, again, I'm just going to, I mean, I'm i just kind of feel like a broken record, but I did feel alone. My husband was there for me, but again, I didn't really feel like he really, really got it. Yep. Um, But I did after the first miscarriage, I did have this really beautiful dream. And you know how some dreams just feel like, yeah, this is what I dreamt last night, but some dreams are just like, they stay with you like forever. Yes. And I dreamt of this little girl with curly hair. And she said she was, oh, I'm going to, no, don't cry. <laughs> she said she was going to come back to me. Hmm. Um, and so that's actually a theme in, in floating underwater too. Uh, and I, I felt like that, I'm not really answering your question, but no, you are. I felt just thinking about that and holding on to that and 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 realizing, no matter what religion we are or not at all, that there's something I believe there's something bigger out there than we can see. Mm,
0: yes, yes. That the spirituality end of that. Yes, help me. Oh yeah. Okay. I you know I've heard a lot of. Um, parents who have said that, that they channeled their grief through their spiritual realm. Um, Whether that be religious or not, the spirituality really guided them through that. Do you want to talk more to your spirituality and how that kind of guided your grief? I, you know,
1: for me, I guess it kind of, the spirituality would just be, you know, those times where I felt really sad and I would just kind of not meditate. I can't meditate because I have anxiety and then my brain just <laughs> thinks too much, but just those walks on the beach by myself and just processing and trying to feel like, okay, what happened to those two souls? Mm. That I, they're kind of just trying to imagining that. So there's that. And sometimes too, um, there right after the first miscarriage you that bye-bye miss american Pie" song yeah yes okay that was playing really and, <laughs> and so really when you listen to the lyrics and just it's a really sad song oh and so sometimes if i need to cry i'll put i'll put that song on and if it just comes on just you know and serendipitously it reminds me so kind of you know, music can really affect us. So that that's kind of my little go-to when I feel like, oh, I just feel like I need to connect. And then
0: also- What I like about, I'm going to stop you real quick because yeah, what I like yeah. about what you said is like, when I need to cry, I'll put it on. Right. right. we do, I mean, I think we all know that feeling where you're like, yeah, I kind of got to get this out. And there's always a yes. song. there. You always have one. I have one too when I'm like, I really miss that baby. And I can, I know exactly what song to put on and it, and it cues the tears, but in the it gives you that also that connection with that child. And the, and it's a cathartic thing
1: that sometimes you need to do years and years later, you know, 30 years later.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Okay. That was a good one. Sorry. What else What (laughs) were you going to say also about the spiritual realm? (laughs) Oh, and then,
1: you know, and then I did also a long time ago, I wrote a short story called The Mermaid's Call. And it was also a lot about the miscarriages Mm. and what a woman feels. And and in that short story about the connection to nature a woman can feel too after the miscarriage.
0: Yeah. So it sounds like you were writing and talking about miscarriage before it was cool, huh? Maybe,
1: maybe <laughs> so. I, I'm not a very cool person. To be clear,
0: <laughs> I do not think miscarriage is cool. It is not trendy. No. It's not a club you want to be a part of. No. Um, no. I'm, I am really impressed that you, you were talking about it before anyone was. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I, I can't remember.
1: I had wrote the story and then I fine. I want to say it got published in 2014. Okay. Um, But yeah, I, so I'm sure people were talking about it at that point. Yeah. By
0: 2014. Yeah. 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 I I mean, I, I feel like whenever I was so open about my loss that happened, um, to, almost three years ago. Um, uh-huh. people are like, nobody says anything about that. And now they're starting to like, now that it's 2022, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. it's 2022. How are we going to get used to saying that? <laughs> <I know. laughs> um, they're like, they're talking about it now, but a few years ago they weren't. And I'm like, I still don't know if they are now.
1: <laughs> I think. Yeah. And, and again, you know, going back to where the woman lives, her culture. Yep. Yep. Um, family system doesn't matter where you live family systems um and i think there is also a theme in my character besides the premonition she has there there's that theme of well did i make this happen by being too stressed out and i i I've heard that of course of course it's not your fault if you miscarry but sometimes women have that that unwarranted guilt that they carry too and i think that that can make people not want to talk about it
0: yeah yeah i was just talking to a guest who was talking about um she does research on um psychology and spirituality surrounding miscarriage and she was saying that especially the spiritual side like if somebody feels like they did something wrong that their deity would punish them that's why they wouldn't talk about it and how heartbreaking To already lose a child and then to think you're being punished. That's so sad. It varies. I can't talk about double. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But, but you're right because we know we didn't do anything wrong, but you still wonder like, oh my gosh, I shouldn't have done this. I shouldn't have done that. I should have. Um, And of course, now I know that I took every single precaution possible with the child that I lost. And with my son, I was like, too much coffee. Isn't a bad thing. You know, I'll have an extra cup. You know what I'm saying? Like you cannot make this happen. I didn't drink any coffee with the child that I lost in early pregnancy. Um, And I had a lot of coffee with my son. (laughs) He was a very jumpy baby, but um, no, yeah, you just can't, you can't prevent it. It's nothing you did wrong, but that guilt, it's, it still sticks with you. Like, right. Yeah, it definitely sticks with you. Um, Tracy, is there anything else you wanna add about your book? Oh, well, let's see. Well, there's,
1: there's a huge, the genre is, I would say the genre is, I mean, largely women's fiction and, um, and psychological fiction, but, but not in, in the you know thriller kind of way. But it's also if anyone who's listening knows of magical realism, which which means it's based in the real world with you know with characters that are going through real life problems, but then there's a bit of magic that enters into it. So I I like to read that sometimes. Alice Hoffman is one of my favorite authors. So. If anyone's particularly interested in that, just to to let potential readers know that.
0: Oh yeah, no, that's really good to know. Um, I I probably should have asked you that sooner. At the genre, I think they picked up that it's fiction. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's fiction, yeah. <laughs> and um and realistic. In that, we'll probably be able to relate with your character.
1: Um, I would hope so. Yeah.
0: Yeah, as lost parents, I I think there's a. Um, there's just a connection there, even if the, the even if it's a fictional character, you can feel a likeness with that. Yeah. Um, before we sign off, Tracy, I want to know: is there a generic or a cliche phrase that just really bugs you? Yes, many. <laughs> yes, many. You, but I, the one I, I thought about this: the
1: one that it's "stay strong," because what the. <clears throat> what does strong mean? And usually, when I've heard people say that to me, it means stop crying, stop being depressed, stop worrying about things, uh, stop being so anxious. And, and it really bothers me because what is strong? Okay, so what does strong mean to them? That means just as we were saying before, just suck it up and act like there's nothing wrong. Yeah. And I, I, I feel like, okay, really what's strong is, is feeling your feelings. Yes. Letting them out talking to people that you, you know, that, that will be there for you. And yes, to extent also getting on with doing something
0: productive when you're ready. That's it. There it is. There it is. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Grieving is a process and it shouldn't be rushed. Um, and everyone grieves differently. So when you are ready, you know, uh, when people will say that to me, they'll say, um, I try and stay strong, but, and I'm like, Oh, I will ask them what does strong mean? And then it's like a deer in the headlights. Like, Oh God, maybe they catch themselves. Like, right. Maybe I am being strong. Maybe I am a badass mom for carrying this even silently. Like exactly. I am I am an awesome human. I, I lost a child and I'm still here, you know? Right. Um, yeah, yeah. But oh God, I'm so sorry somebody said that to you. That's horrible.
1: <laughs> I mean that is horrible. I don't think it was surrounding the miscarriages, but yeah. I, it's been, it's been more about my anxiety, and you know? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, ex- I have generalized anxiety disorder and I've experienced a miscarriage. So that compounds, um, yes, it does. And you yes. cannot, you cannot muscle your way out of it. I'll just say that. <laughs>
1: yeah. Very true. <laughs> you yes. cannot muscle
0: your way out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Tracy, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, It's a delight, and I hope that you guys will um, pick up a copy of her book, uh, Floating Underwater." Um, If that title doesn't drag you in, I don't know what will, (laughs) because it just has me um, all up in my thoughts. Uh, So um, we are also going to be doing a giveaway. If you'll go onto our Facebook page, Tracy also has a Facebook page. So you're going to like both of our pages. Um, And she's going to give away a copy of her book. I'm going to give away a mug from our podcast. So make sure you like us so that you can uh, be prepared to win. (laughs) Thanks, Tracy. Thank you so much, Joy. It's been a pleasure. This has been another episode of the Love and Loss podcast. If you like what you've heard, be sure to subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram. As always, be sure to rate us on Apple and Spotify.